leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you so very much for joining me. Vanished without a trace. Missing people in the sighting areas. Part one. Now, the panic of having a loved one go missing must be unimaginable. You wonder where they are, whether they are safe, and if you will ever see them again. Fortunately, most missing people are eventually found. Either they return of their own accord, or they are located after a public appeal from the police. But in a very few cases, they stay missing, prolonging the torture of their families, who have no answers about what happened to them. And one such case is the case of Michaela Pugh. And she's been missing since February of 2016. Now, Michaela was last seen by friends in Thames Ditton. And the 37-year-old Slovakian had been living in Guildford for several years. Though her family said her last known location was the Manor House Hotel at Newlands Corner, which she checked out of on the morning of February 13th. On the same day, a car matching the description of Miss Pugh's black Lexus was found at Beachy Head in Sussex. Inquiries were made in the Eastbourne area and police said a woman matching Miss Pugh's description was seen using a phone box at Berlin Gap National Trust site over the weekend that she disappeared. There had been no further trace of her. On March the 1st, her sister, Denisa, issued a message through Surrey Police urging her sister to get in touch. She said Miss please can you let someone know where you are and we're worried about you and I'm in the UK and I came for you and I'm waiting for you I love you very much Michaela is described as white five foot four inches tall of slim build with dark brown hair and brown eyes as you can see from the image and it's if you're listening on the podcast it's the actual thumbnail the area that Mishka was last seen in uh, it's very close to a number of sighting reports. Now, it could be a complete coincidence, and many would say no more to it than it was. It's just a coincidence. But I do think we should look at any phenomena that may have been reported in this exact area. So along with the sighting reports I've received there, there were a number of cases from the paranormal realm and the UFO community. And there is the strange case of the burning gas also this summer, if you remember, that was on the news. Uh, the foul mist caused 150 people to be taken to hospital and decontaminated at Eastbourne District Hospital. Um, the Beachy Head Grey Woman and a Ghastly Black Monk. Beachy Head is a popular spot for suicides and several spirits are reported to haunt this disturbing area. The paranormal accounts are never ending. One is of a female figure who calmly steps off the cliff edge in front of people. Another woman, this time in grey, walks along the cliff path, while locals speak of a ghastly black monk who convinces people to jump. There is also the tale of the Three Shucks of Eastbourne, and the tale is told in the town of Three Shucks that are seen together in the wooded area close to Beachy Head. Seeing one shuck is often thought as an ill omen, 
And these three, which seem to haunt this area, are seen always in a pack by most of the witnesses to see who have seen them. A strange set of lights seen floating over Eastbourne may not be able to be explained away as Chinese lanterns, a local newspaper said. Eastbourne and the surrounding area is often inundated with reports of UFOs, but the majority are put down to floating lights commonly used at weddings and birthday celebrations. However, a local teenager, Liberty Jacqueline, claims to have seen something unusual in the skies above her Normans Bay home, and a local paranormal expert is at a loss to explain it. The 16-year-old who saw the object last Wednesday evening, that would be 2018, said, at around 9.30pm, we let the dogs out in the garden and I saw strange lights in the sky and I called my family to see. There were two rings of circular lights, one within the other. We saw them from our back door in the clouds, above the level crossing, around 130 metres from our house. They were rotating almost horizontally from side to side travelling a regular distance of around 100 metres. It went on for an hour and a half and it stopped just after 11pm. Intrigued, she went to visit the Eastbourne Herald and she searched for another, uh, any UFO reporters that were out and she did find one. She stumbled across one from Nicholas Munro, who also lives in Normans Bay. Now, his sighting dated back to November 2007 but it mirrored almost exactly Miss Jacqueline's and her family's experience. It was then that she decided to get into the newspaper and report the incident. Now, a pensioner has been left baffled by what he believes was a close encounter with a UFO. John Ford said it appeared as a bright light hovering in the night sky, which he was able to observe for several minutes, but it was a sudden dramatic departure that made the biggest impression upon him which he described as being like the Starship Enterprise of Star Trek fame. Both Mr Ford, 69, and his wife Joyce, 70, witnessed the strange events above their home in Stoke Manor Close, Seaford. Mr Ford says, My wife and I were about to go out for a meal, and whilst in the porch changing my shoes, there was a tremendous drone-like noise, and I could feel a very slight shudder as it seemed to reverberate around the place. Quickly moving outside, I just caught sight of the tail lights of a very low flying and very noisy helicopter heading in the direction of New Haven. I suppose under certain circumstances, especially at night, the lights of a helicopter could be mistaken for a UFO, but they are usually very noisy and not very big or very fast moving. However, as I moved towards the car parked on the drive, I happened to glance up and I noticed a bright orange-coloured light in the sky, some distance away, approaching from a north-easterly direction and moving in the general direction of Seaford. Naturally, I thought it must be another helicopter, as it was just a blob of light and did not seem to be very high in the sky. This light in the sky was moving in my general direction, and it seemed to cover the distance very quickly. And strangely... There was not that familiar drone-like noise as it got closer and closer. As the single blob of light reached a position in the sky quite close to where I was standing, it suddenly mushroomed into a very bright configuration of light that illuminated a large area of the surrounding night sky and it appeared to be simply hovering. As I watched this light show, it became apparent 
that at the centre of this illumination, I could discern a very definite shape or pattern that was round in outline, possibly more hexagon in appearance, the sort of cross-like structure contained within the main outline. I am quite definite about this shape, as on reflection, what I was seeing reminded me very much of a large ground fixed type of firework display, where you get a prolonged, well-lit, defined profile of something or other. That also creates that surrounding aura around the night sky. However, this was no firework, he said. This light spectacle continued for some time, and I couldn't quite believe what I was witnessing. I shouted to my wife to come out and have a look, as I needed some reassurance of what I was seeing. By the time she joined me, the light show had started to subside, but nevertheless, it was still clearly visible, but had now adjusted its position in the sky. Both of us continued to observe this light for some time, which had reduced back down to a clearly identifiable compact shape and was continuing to hover. When very suddenly, without any indication of further movement, this object simply shot away at such speed up into the night sky that within just a few seconds, all we could see was a small dot that disappeared amongst the stars. The speed at which it travelled was incredible. I can only liken it to the Starship Enterprise going into warp drive. It was that quick. This last event was slightly unnerving and a bit spooky. What we just witnessed could not be explained away and there was no mistaking what we had seen. Now this series of events, from spotting the travelling light in the sky to the bright illuminated profile in the night, and finally the manner of its departure, all played out over several minutes. It was not an encounter that was over in a few brief seconds, and subsequently you may ask, did I really see that? And you may come to seriously doubt what you thought you saw, because it was over so very quickly. Whatever it was we witnessed, these events had really taken place as I have outlined them. My wife and I did see something that was certainly very unusual and thought-provoking. I'm personally convinced that what I saw was a UFO, because it is indeed an unidentified flying object, in the true sense, but alas, no sign of any aliens. Given what we'd witnessed and that this series of events had played out over several minutes, I said to my wife for some form of reassurance and possible later verification that we couldn't have been the only persons to have seen this spectacle and that others would undoubtedly be reporting it and that it would be out in the public domain and if it was a hoax, that it would quickly be exposed as such. If you're out there and you know anything else about this story, please get in touch. Or if you're Mr. Ford yourself, I would love to know if there have been any updates. Not too far away, just a little walk. We have the Friston Forest Screams, and these happened in 2012. I was walking through Friston Forest with my friend and his dog, looking into a rumoured big cat sighting. And the dog sniffs something and runs into the bushes. So we start whistling for it to come back, and we hear this scream. The scream comes back at us that sounded like the scream Cliff Barrettman does on the Finding Bigfoot. So I do more whistles and the dog comes back with a tail between her legs like something scared the hell out of her. It all happened around mid-afternoon. Now in the same wood, one November morning, 
at approximately 2.30am. A man who drives for a living was on an enforced break along the coastal road uh, close to Eastbourne. He parked his lorry in Friston Park and it's in New Haven in Sussex. After a long drive, Mr Phil Heyman got out of his vehicle to stretch his legs. There was a red light from a nearby forestry machine partially illuminating the area. As Mr Heyman was stretching his legs, he was amazed when he saw a dark, eight-foot figure, which appeared at that time to be a man, emerge from the tree line. Having had an army career, Mr Heyman was able to use his knowledge of night vision techniques to evaluate the encounter. Startled by the incident, he suddenly jumped back into his cab and he slammed the car door shut behind him. Although shaken by the ordeal, Mr Heyman still managed to grab his flashlight and look out through the window of the cab, only to see the figure running off into the forest. It couldn't have been a human being, as the skin would have shone in the light, he stated. This was a... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dull figure with no sheen to the skin. So it could have possibly been covered in hair, he said. The creature, according to Mr. Heyman, was bipedal. Now, the Leafman of Sussex happened in 1984. And this gent said, I've always been intrigued by creepy stories and their power to embed themselves into the local community. Growing up in the 80s, I was obsessed with tales concerning local bogeymen. And one such tale, which often spooked me, was known as the Leafman. Such a monster was said to haunt an undisclosed section of the woodland not far from Hailsham, although reports of the creature seem mostly vague. However, one eyewitness told me years ago this following story. I'd been with three friends at the time, and it must have been around 1984, during a time when it was normal for us kids to be out playing in the woods, as long as we were home by a certain time. I think at the time we were playing not far from what people know as Falkington Wood, and it was around dusk, and we were all lighting a campfire, when suddenly, from the shadows, and like in all good horror films, we heard the snap of a twig. We all sensed that we were being watched, but as teenagers, we were brazen and we goaded what was lurking in the bushes to come out and fight. We all armed ourselves with sticks and stones, only to have our hours met by a very horrifying sight. Out from the shadows came a tall, spindly figure, but which seemed to be covered in hair, which in turn was matted with leaves. The creature gave off a horrid stench, and through its entangled hair, we could see two burning eyes. As I'm not sure you can imagine, as I'm sure you can imagine, we were all terrified, so we fled, never once looking behind us to see if the monster was in pursuit. Of course, no one believed our story, but as we got older, and most of us except one remained friends, we often spoke about the creature we named the Leaf Man. People often asked, were we victims of a hoax? And memories can be hazy. But this thing seemed real and more than just a man in a suit. Oddly, I have another report of a so-called leaf man, but this one's from Kent. And in 
gain. It involved a group of views playing in an area and they encountered such a manifestation. Some believe, however, that the creature was in fact a ghost of a soldier, adorned in camouflage, enabling him to live life and conceal himself amongst the foliage. There is another area with a very similar account, set of accounts and a missing girl. And in the case, she was last seen in the very place an ape-like creature was seen at Box Hill. Now, Ruth Wilson has been missing since November of 1995. And the disappearance of Ashcombe school pupil Ruth Wilson is Surrey's oldest outstanding missing person case. Ruth, who lived in Betchworth and was 16 at the time when she went missing, was last seen standing in the driving rain at the Hands Inn pub on Box Hill at 4.30pm on November the 27th, 1975, by a taxi driver who had driven her there from Darkin Station. Ian Wilson, her father, said at the time, what was odd was that she just stood there. The taxi driver said that people almost always move away when you drop them off, and he knew it wasn't quite right with hindsight, leaving a 16-year-old girl in the middle of nowhere. What later emerged was that Ruth had not been to school that day, as she should have been due to, but instead she took a taxi to Darkin Library, where she spent several hours before getting a cab to Box Hill. At some point during the day, she also visited a florist to buy a bouquet of flowers for her stepmother, Karen, but said they were not to be delivered until two days later. A major search effort was launched around Box Hill, involving police officers, helicopters and dogs, but Ruth could not be found. There have been several appeals made since Ruth's disappearance, including in the BBC's Missing Live programme in 2010, and the police have followed up reported sightings from a fire field as Canada, but with no success. In 2018, a documentary produced by journalist Martin Bright and an ex-metropolitan police detective, Liam McCarley, added another detail to the mystery. The film claimed that Ruth's mother had killed herself when Ruth was young, but this fact had been kept from her until shortly before she disappeared. It also featured interviews with friends of Ruth's who claimed she had talked about running away from home. Now, the investigation into her disappearance, codenamed Operation Scholar, still remains open. And a Surrey police spokesman said in 2018, we remain in contact with Ruth's family and periodic reviews are undertaken to assess if any new information has come into our attention. And as I said, there is um, the well-known case of the Box Hill Ape. Um, and I hope I've got it correct because this seems to have got changed at some point when it was being moved from Facebook over to the website and I've gone back as far as I can and I think I found the original account on it. So I hope this is correct. And if it's not correct and I've got it wrong, I haven't done it on purpose, please message me at debbiehatswell at gmail.com because I would like it to be as perfect as it was on the day that it came in. The Box Hill Ape. I was by the stepping stones in the summer of 2012. It was late evening and I was running the steps leading up to the hill. During my training session, I had heard what I now believe to be wood knocking. I can't say how many knocks because at the time my focus was on training and I did not know wood knocks had been linked to what I was about to see. I just remember thinking to myself, what is that noise? As it was loud 
but it's distant and seemed to come from several directions. I finished my training and sat down on the steps to drink my recovery drink and just enjoy the cooler air of the summer evening. It was about 25 minutes before anything happened. It was still daylight and I could hear footsteps coming down the hill. I didn't look around at this point as I was expecting a dog walker to go by and I was sat to the side out of the way. Um, I had an unsettling feeling that I was being watched and I turned and looked over my right shoulder. Stood about 10 metres back to my right side and up the steps was what I honestly believed to be some sort of ape. The fur was brown in colour with patches of grey. The face was very human with a flat nose but the jaw was big and it looked out of proportion to the head. The head was domed at the top and the animal stood on two legs but appeared to slump forward and the arms were long in proportion to the body. The animal was very thickly built. I can only say solid muscle. It was frightening, the build of this thing, and I'm not sure the height from the angle I was at. I could only estimate six foot plus, but I'm not sure. Now the animal stood staring at me for about 30-ish seconds before turning around and walking off, but it still watched me. As it left, I could smell a stale farm animal smell that lingered. I did hear someone had said that a creature like this had been seen running along the zigzags by several motorists. I've never been able to get this confirmed, and Surrey police don't seem to want to discuss the subject. Now, the Shaggy Shook of Great Buckham, which happened on the 3rd of August 2010, a shaggy brown creature was seen in the middle of a track, between Polesden Lane and Admiral Walk, the blurry shuck was around a metre high, very shaggy looking and had brown fur and it then vanished. Also in the same area, we have the Great Buckham Hairy Creature. At 9pm this evening, I was walking with my dad and dog over Norbury Park in Great Buckham. The track that adorns, adjoins Dorking Road and Crabtree Lane. We were watching foxes playing in the field when I noticed a large dog-shaped figure in the middle of the track. It was large, at least three to four feet high, very shaggy looking and it had brown fur. It was quite blurry and I tried to scare it off. As I was scared, it would be nervous and attack. But my dad could not see it and our dog was not fussed. I thought it must have been a trick of the light. So I tried my dad's glasses on but it just remained there. We walked towards it and it remained till I was about two metres from it. It never became clear, it remained of a very blurry appearance. Where it was for about five metres was very icy cold. Even my dad, who really doesn't believe in things, said so. It was like walking into a freezer. We walked on and looking back, I could see it again. It was about three metres away at this point. It remained the entire time. I stayed, I patted a horse with my dad up the track before turning off and all the time it remained in the same place. Now there's another location at Westcott. Westcott to Washington Road at the top of Lynch Hill. It says, it was reported that dogs would react strangely at the top of the hill, their hair standing on end and I haven't really got anything else other than that. So if you, you know the area and you've heard any stories like that, please get in touch. Now, the dark and deep dean creature is one you've heard me mention many times. And uh, the gentleman said, I was visiting an abandoned tunnel in dark and deep dean, which I'd been to before with two friends. 
all went fine. We got some great pictures. And when I got back, I told my brother who we really wanted to visit. So I eventually agreed to take him back there. It was late evening when we went back one night. And we found the tunnel again. And before I was about to climb in, he tapped me and said, I can hear something. So obviously, I thought it was just other people, explorers doing the same thing as us. Nothing to worry about. So we moved out onto some grass to wait for them to finish so we could carry on. And we just sat and we listened. But I couldn't hear anything, so I suggested we just carried on. I hadn't really noticed the two dogs barking in the background, when all of a sudden this loud roar, which I cannot explain, happened, which shut the dogs up straight away. And it was the silence that made me realise the background noises of the dogs. And I'd never heard them bark again after that roar. The next minute, all these branches started to snap like something was coming rapidly through the trees towards us. It was moving the trees, breaking and snapping branches like they were twigs. And then it stopped suddenly. After a couple of minutes of silence, my brother whispered, Well, what the hell was that? I slowly whispered back, I don't know, mate, but just don't move because whatever it is, it's big. We stood there for 10 minutes, not saying a word, just listening. And I felt like it was watching us, but it didn't say anything. But you could feel it, feel it staring, but you couldn't see it anywhere. My brother then whispered, Will, can we go? And I whispered back slowly, no. Whatever that is, I'm not having that chase me while we're walking or running off. So we stood there for another 10 minutes in silence waiting. We heard more noise, but nothing like the first time. More like something walking about on dead leaves, but that could have been anything. So eventually we did leave, slowly. I've been to countless abandoned places and woods, and I've never heard anything like it. All I could explain to people was maybe it was some kind of ape, or like one of those Bigfoot things. But I don't know of anything in the UK that's that big. That's wild, that could break branches like they were nothing. I didn't speak about it much, as I can't explain what the noise was, or what it could have been, except something big, and not native to this country. Anyways, I went back there in the day, a few days later, to see if I could see anything. And we found in the woods a footmark of a big-footed creature thing, which had walked through the woods, which was possibly around 20 inches long. An ancient is wide at the top and about three inches wide at the bottom. My foot looked like a kid's shoe in the clear print. And still to this day, I don't really speak about it, as I thought no one would ever believe me until I saw the post earlier. I will try and dig out the photo of the footprint. I would love to find out what actually what it actually was. I've never heard of or experienced anything like that before, and I still haven't to this day. How odd that somebody else had asked about it, just as I'd seen your post yesterday. And I couldn't believe that somebody else had also seen or had seen the same sort of experience as me. That box of ape account, saying it was some sort of ape, that was also all I could put it down to. To be that high up in the trees, snapping and moving through branches like that, like they were sticks. More Box Hill Strangers. Did you know that Major Peter Labellier died in the 1800s and following his own request, he was buried upside near the summit of the hill. 
Even though his dying wish was to be carried out, this has not prevented La Belliere from roaming the area near his grave. A ghostly horse and rider have also been reported. Now, now John Janaway recalls the story of his aunt, who believes she had encountered his ghost one day in the thunderstorm. A man with one eye, a long coat, scruffy clothes, and wearing a three-cornered hat, who suddenly disappeared. Meanwhile, a headless horseman is said to roam the road between Westcott and Dorking, and he spooks folk. Polesden Lacey near Buckham is said to be haunted by an unknown apparition whose presence predates the Edwardian mansion by centuries. The monk-like figure wears a brown cloak with the hood pulled up, covering its head. So you'd better keep your eyes peeled if you're out for a walk in the idyllic grounds. Now the Mole Valley UFO Corridor. This report was posted on a local newspaper Facebook page and it quickly, another witness came forward to say that she'd seen bright yellow lights hovering over Leith Hill. Suggestions as to what she'd seen range from Chinese lanterns to ball lighting. According to the files on the UFO sightings by the Ministry of Defence, there have been seven previous UFO reports from the area. In 1997, a report came in of a weird-shaped object near Box Hill that was like a circle with a rectangle on it and two prongs sticking out on either side that was white and very bright. In August of the same year in Dorking, one object was reported with two lights, one yellow and one red, and it was stationary at first and then made a series of erratic movements, including backward movements, up and down, and changing speed as it went. There were two further sightings in 1999, one from East Harsler, where eight small circles formed one large circle and were green in colour. The other was from Effingham and described a streak of light in the sky, resembling six to eight windows that moved very fast. In October 2001, a silent helicopter-like craft was reported near Dorking that actually shone a light on the witness while a low humming noise could be heard. In 2006, a white object was reported moving north to south near Cobbin and it looked as if it was burning up with a trail behind it for a few seconds. If you live in these areas and you've got any information on any of the cases that I've spoken about tonight or any information on strange phenomena that you've had experienced or you know of someone that's had experience in those areas, please get in touch because it does seem that no matter where you look in the UK, there is an area that is immersed in phenomena. What is it about these places that attracts the strange creatures and activity? Or is it attracting in some way, like a huge battery? I'm sure many of you may out there may know the answer to this mystery, or at least hold a piece of the puzzle. So until next time, thank you very much. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.